episode number 69. <laughs> we're talking about breathing today. Yeah, we're going to be talking about breathing. It's interesting because we brought this topic up, and when you first broke it, let's do a show on breathing. I was thinking, well, how much can we talk about breathing? You know, it's something that you and do naturally. And I'm like, naturally. oh, Clay, holy moly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that we do all day. naturally. But, it, but I've learned some more stuff about you. So two questions. What I learned about you is that you're on this mission to help people to breathe better or something or how you phrase that. That's your mission. Yeah, to rehabilitate people's breathing. That's it. So we're yeah. going to talk a little bit more about that. And then my other question for you was the fact that you breathe you know, as soon as you come out of the, the womb and yep. I don't know if it's still a myth that they smack you to make you breathe. But anyway, you start breathing. Yep. And from one end on that point, breathing is automatic. So why are there, and I've got at least three books of my own and you've got tons, why there's all this literature on how to breathe? What is it about? Yeah. Breathing. This next? is kind of like what I do all day long when I'm not doing my writing. And don't you like, like it my the, yoga the hat? Just being back again. No, I'm so happy to be back. I know, and I'm so happy my children are in school. Yeah, but you know what I miss? All your homemade cakes and pies. The, I know, don't the bribery that you used to, I know, to get me to come over. I know. That was good. Yeah. But you know, oh, it's been an interesting week for me because, of course, my little one's gone into school and. On Tuesday, so Monday he went in from nine to two, and then Tuesday he said, "Mommy, I think I'm ready for a break from school." Ah. I was like, "Oh, honey, it's only Tuesday of your first week." Yes, this is the rest of your life, son. Welcome to real life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the I think this is kind of the breathing thing has kind of become my mission for a couple of things. First of all, the the teacher that I trained with, it's it was one of his real. Things. And, and, and I suppose in a way there was like an organic attraction because that was what I was interested in too. But I also then learned loads about the importance of breathing in yoga from him. So there was, it was so much part of it, whereas I know a lot of other teachers would have just focused on the anatomy or you know the physical kind of shapes that you're making. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started there. But you know, then when I went and had my surgery a couple months ago, I was in the hospital. And there were a couple of, you know, women in the ward with me on, in the beds. And when the nurse would come in and ask both of them to breathe, so they would put the stethoscope on their back and yeah. say, you know, take a deep breath. And this is what it sounded like. And I just like, the yoga, yogi in me, like, just was like, oh my God, please. Like, you know, and so it, it, it really came out of that experience going, I'm not just helping people in yoga kind of relax. I'm re-teaching people how to breathe properly. And this is so intrinsic to our health. We do not even consider it. We think nutrition, we think exercise. And people are stress breathing all day long. Okay, so if you were going to put into words what you said there in terms of just paint the visual for us in terms of the breathing. So what's the... So if you're rehabilitating the breathing, what does that mean? So what are, what are most people breathing like and then what was the rehabilitation? What, what happens yeah. is that people, women but men too, kind of, first of all, suck in your tummy all day long. So yeah. you look thinner. So you look thinner. So you look thinner. We look big, yeah. broad chest. That's right. And so... Tuck that gut in. So there's that. 
that means that the breath is kind of getting pushed up into the upper lungs, which is not where our breath capacity is. Right. But it just means then that we're breathing in a, a third of our lungs. Because you want to suck in your belly. You don't want That's your right. belly hanging out, isn't it? That's so right. Suck it in. So there's, there's that problem. And then, you know, so what, what it looks like is that your shoulders kind of go up and down a lot more. And really, your belly should be moving when you're breathing. Yeah. But most of us don't breathe like that. Yeah. And uh, So we tend to breathe from our upper yeah. chest area. And if you do an experiment where you lie on the floor and you hold your hands on your stomach and you only breathe in your upper chest, so you're consciously kind of doing that breath, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll feel stressed. Right. Like almost immediately you'll, you'll feel the result of that. Because you mentioned that a little bit earlier. You said that, that the fact that people breathe in their chest is a, as, is a, a condition of stress, as in we breathe. Mm-hmm. have more shallow breath when we're stressed. So it's kind of a feedback loop. Okay. You get into kind of a bad cycle where the stress is making you breathe that way and your breath is encouraging that stress response to continue. Okay. So All it's right. like that. So basically, there's that. And of course, then there's also... So, so there's the physical thing of like us holding ourselves tense and our stomachs in, but also then the fact that we're living pretty stressful lives, which means that we're triggering on a kind well, of subconscious level. That you don't, that that they, that when they're not, because I guess when I'm thinking of stress, that I have some condition on me that's making me stressed out. Like I don't really feel stress during the day, but that doesn't mean that I'm breathing correctly either. So how are we differentiating well when we take a break we're gonna do a little test (laughs) and be in stress yeah i'm gonna do a little test on you during the break and then we'll come back and and we'll see because i bet you're probably your breathing's probably okay but then you're not conscious of the of the breathing sometimes i like you know with the whole breathing from the belly thing sometimes i do do that and yeah well i'll be interested to see how the test goes so you were then asking why, if breathing is a completely natural thing, yeah. how are we doing it wrong? And so breathing is one of the automatic systems in our body which we can intervene on. Yes. So you can't tell your heart to change its beating pattern. You can make it change, but you can't tell it to change, as in... You can't do it like... Like, you can't do it directly. Right. You can, you can change your heart rate indirectly through your breath, but you can't just slow your heart rate down by thinking about it. You have to kind of go at it in an indirect kind of way. Whereas, unless you're like a magic <laughs> mystic man. But, you know, most people couldn't say, okay, I'm going to slow my heart rate down to, you know, whatever, just like that. Whereas you can almost immediately change the way you breathe yes yeah yeah, I get that. and so i guess my point is that there are some systems in our body that are on automatic pilot but a few of those automatic systems i mean we're talking like digestion circulation yeah, yeah. but there's a few that we can intervene on when we think yeah, about yeah. it and one of them is the breathing yeah. and so what happens is on a kind of unconscious level we we're living a stressful life and so we start breathing up here in our chest and then the, the body kind of, the, the nervous system, because it's so linked with the breath, it does a kind of reset where it thinks, this is now how I breathe. So we, we kind of train ourselves out of, uh, and this is happening on an unconscious level, yeah. you know, but we sort of train ourselves out of 
taking full, whole, natural breaths and train ourselves so that our body thinks that this is now what we do. Right. So we've, the body has adapted to our shallow breathing and breathing from, you know, the chest area instead of breathing from our belly, taking full, deep breaths. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if we were thinking about um, correcting that, how do you go about shifting or changing that, or does your body just do that naturally, or are we just kind of stuck with this bad breathing? So one of my big things that people are starting to uh, call the Sarah Sai in my yoga class and I is asked sighing. her about that didn't I yeah. I remember a few episodes like probably last year sometime I was I, sighing all and, the time and I was like and only in my head I'm thinking why the hell is she always sighing all the time and I think I did ask and you then I realized it's related to the work that you do with breath but yeah well I don't really notice that I'm doing it well you do it all the time I know, <laughs> I, know I obviously so I do saying, because everyone what the hell comments is that all on about? it well so basically sighing is you know when you come home from a long day and you flop down on the couch you Mm. you can you almost have an automatic sigh that comes out this is your body's attempt to try to reset so it's to try to kind of come back into a normal breathing pattern and get out of that stress like when you yawn is yawning Yawning's, like yawning, yawning, I think, is a bit different. Yawning's right. like I need a bit more oxygen. I'm oxygen not really and sure. Get into action, get into action for the yawning bit. Yeah. 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 So, um, but sighing is kind of because we can hold a lot of tension in our breath, hmm. and so sighing is a way of kind of releasing that tension and coming back into <sighs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we do it. We do it kind of naturally Everybody sometimes, sighs. but. Yeah, and it's not it's not as kind of catching as the yawn, isn't it? Because yawning, it's suddenly like everyone has to yawn. But yeah. it, it, whenever you sigh, like then that. people go, "Why are you sighing?" Like when I sigh sometimes, I come. That was a big sigh because it seemed as a like you're wistfully thinking about something else, and mm-hmm. something's not quite right if you're sighing. Or it is hard. It's hard yeah. to get people to actually just sigh in my class. So I do this thing called breath release, which is you kind of inhale take a big inhale and bring your arms up over your head and then you just completely sigh out and so most people will take a deep breath in and then nice controlled out breath and what i'm looking for is the yeah but they can't there's a lot of people that actually can't do that until they practice they can't actually just release their breath so you know for some people this this takes you know more kind of practice I think because you've habituated to holding yourself in a certain way. Yeah. But it but but once you do that, it kind of resets, and then you know you can get out. So anytime you feel like you're at your desk or you're stressed, and you notice it, you can sigh and feel that reset happen, and then kind of start again. So you're saying that I'm just thinking, what's what's the thing that's gonna make me? I guess what am I getting out of this thing by learning how to rebreathe again? Well, I'll tell you, Clay, there's loads of health benefits yes. to good breathing. So, yeah, I was like looking at this. It's kind of crazy. So, hold on just two seconds. And this yeah. is why I'm wondering why we might have an aversion towards sighing like you're doing is because I'm just looking at the definition of it. It's a, it says you emit a long, deep, audible breath expressing sadness. And I guess we forget that it's also about release. So it says sadness, relief, tired or, or tiredness. Yep. Is, and I think we kind of relate sighing to sadness or 
or mostly or it, sadness. You know, it's the same with, with yawning. It is considered a bit rude, isn't it? It's yeah. like you're not really paying attention or for some Or something lost or unattainable is the other one. That's probably yeah. the one I'm most associated with, sign that you <sighs> lost something. It's really something. addictive, though. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting everyone addicted to sighing. So oh, now yeah. my yoga students are like, I'm walking around the, the world sighing all the time. But then now. everybody's <laughs> going to be thinking that they're lost or unattainable. Yeah, or but then they just say their sad. yoga teacher said oh, to do it, it, and then, right. it, then it's like you're then get it's out okay. of yeah. Then uh, it's okay. Then suddenly they're in. They're in the in. They're in. Yeah. Okay, so the health benefits of breathing properly are what? Well, I think the the most important like key to any kind of health benefits is the way that the breath is linked with the nervous system, and and so. If you are breathing in a stressed way in your upper chest, basically, you are going to encourage that chronic stress response to continue happening. And that has an impact all over your body. Um, you know, and we, we know stress is like affecting almost everything. It, it has, you know, it's related to literally every kind of disease we can think of. So I could list a whole bunch of things, but we've heard that all before. But I think the fact that you can intervene on your breath means that if you come back to a natural breath or a deep kind of abdominal breath, then you are putting the brakes on that tr stress response and, and you're triggering a kind of rest and digest kind of response. And what, so what's an abdominal and therefore, breath? What is that? Belly breathing, at? basically, Be like breathing. Deep, deep in your lungs. So what I say is... If so you, right now I'm filling up my belly with So air. if you imagine that your lungs are like an empty glass and you're going to fill, you're, if you pour water into an empty glass, it fills from the bottom up. And so that's one of the, like, so a full yogic breath, so one of the practices we do is you lie on the floor and you just like have that as your visual hmm. and you just try and fill your lungs from as low down as you can access. And that will rehabilitate over time, but it might be hard at first. And this is the thing that people get frustrated at because they don't think of their lungs as a kind of muscle that you have to work at or that you could lose breath capacity. All right. So, okay. yeah. But um, well, there, was some, there was a great kind of, you know, like even in the sense I was reading in some of this stuff that it affects at the cellular level the way that we synthesize proteins and fats and carbohydrates. So, you know, it, our body's ability to do all of that with our carbon dioxide and oxygen levels and all that kind of stuff just has a massive impact. Yeah. So, it, you know, when you're studying stress and you're studying breathing, you can't actually study those two things separately because they are, like, married together. So it's hard to always say, is this because of stress or is this because of poor breathing? You can't, okay. you can't separate yeah. them out, basically. Yeah. So, um, but the other interesting thing I found out is that the heart is attached to the diaphragm, which means that every time you breathe in and use your diaphragm, your heart gets a little massage. Oh, I like it. And I'm massaging my heart right now. Exactly. So, instead of your heart being attached to something solid like your sternum, it's attached to something mobile. And the vein that comes back through, that comes back to your heart and brings all that carbon dioxide back to get it out of your body. So it's 
you know, your arteries take it out, bring you your oxygen, and the veins bring the blood all back to your heart and to your lungs to get that carbon dioxide out and more oxygen to take around again. Yeah. But the vein that takes all that stuff back to your heart goes through the diaphragm. And every time you use your breath and open the diaphragm up, it opens that vein up so that more stuff can get out. So it's, it's like it's, it's interwoven into even your heart. Right. And yeah, so that's, that's just life awesome. In ev- life in yeah. every breath. Yeah. And so they have found that people who have had heart attacks and people who have had high blood pressure problems if they breathe, if they change their breath to breathe lower down into their lower lungs and into their abdomen or into their belly, stuff improves. Everybody listening to this are going to be aware of yeah. their breathing yeah. after it this. Can do, it can do amazing So now listen, things. you asked me last night to observe my cat yes, I breathing. Yes, I did. Uh, what yeah. was that about? Well, they don't have stress. As you know, as a cat lover, they don't really have stress. My cats have stress. Do they? Yeah, I stress them out. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so basically, you know, you, you think about like when, you, when you're born, you're a baby. Yeah. You do know how to breathe because you're not intervening on your breath with your bad habits and your bad thoughts. You're just letting breathing. your body breathe. You're just being. So if you let your body breathe, then it knows how to do that. And, um, and cats are the same way. So they, they kind of know how to breathe. Um, How about when we're sleeping then? Does our, do we go back to a nat- natural breathing when we're sleeping? Or your conscious mind is we, no longer I think we inclined? do better, but I think the problem is if we have gotten to the point where we have reset what we think is normal, then no. We're right. not really totally getting back to good. You know, we might be, we'll, we'd be, we'll be better than when we're reading our so email. even if you've reset your breathing to breathing not the most efficient and proper way that happens even still in our sleep even when we're I think so unconscious I think so and I mean people have all kinds of problems with sleep and a lot of it's sleep apnea isn't it because like people stop breathing uh, I do that sometimes I stop breathing for a long time sometimes you know I got the heart rate monitor I die every night for momentary (laughs) time because it measures whether Mm -hmm. you're sort of heartbeat and that kind of and I've I actually flatline throughout the night. And sometimes I've stopped breathing enough that when I grasp for air, it wakes me up. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know as much about sleep apnea, but I, I, this will be interesting to talk about the deep divers because that was one of the things I really wanted to um, look more into because I listened to this podcast um, on yoga and breathing by this guy who said he learned a lot about the breath through deep divers. Okay. Because, you know, they can hold their breath for incredible amounts of time. I got an exercise here that says, if you want to know how important breathing is to try and hold your breath for 73 seconds. Yeah, so just over a minute. Hmm. Yep. Okay, shall we take a quick break and then I'm going to hold my breath for 73 seconds. Oh my, okay. And see what happens. Okay. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born, and as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. 
Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school, like talking to your friends. Ha <laughs> ha. Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. All right, so that was interesting, holding my breath for 73 seconds. You made it. Yes, but there was the panic near the end, and because, you know, everything was screaming, hey, I want to breathe. Now, did you hold your breath full the entire time? Or did you let that air go out? I let half of it out, I think. Mm-hmm, at some point. Towards the yeah, yeah, end, yeah. yeah. And I think letting that out was what made me want to breathe in. Interesting. I could have gone probably longer if I hadn't done let that. Air Interesting. Out. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it was the natural. I let because it was just in there, and I was like, all right, I'll let half of that out. But then it was like, give me some more. I want some more in, and that's when the panic. So luckily, you said forty-five seconds, because <laughs> it was probably right around there. And I was like, all right, I can hold out. For another however long, 20 yeah. seconds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did I make it 53 seconds? Yeah. So, yeah, I needed it definitely before mm. then. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah. And, the, and with some tricks to me for doing that, because I did the whole diving as well, and I think you were talking about the deep divers, and, and, and it's that whole sort of, I guess, relaxing and also not focusing on the immediate thing of holding the breath. Mm-hmm. And that's in my mind somewhere else I guess is yeah it's interesting so you know one of the uh, the reason I kind of got into my interest in deep diving is because um, of this podcast I was listening to this guy uh, Lucas Rockwood um, was interviewed and he was basically talking about how in yoga we're often teaching the wrong things about why um, breathing practices work they're not right. oxygenating your blood you're playing with the CO2 levels instead which so I mean there's a lot of like tech biology Ooh. stuff involved in this but I found that quite interesting that basically um, and I hadn't totally clocked that before that it's the rising levels of CO2 in our blood that compel us to want to breathe right rather than our lack of oxygen that we want air yeah, yeah. So trying to and get rid of the pollutants exactly exactly so that that desire to get rid of the pollutants is more important than needing more air because actually we have a plenty of oxygen in our system and if you've done a cpr course then you'll know that you're breathing out into that person's mouth like theoretically car already breathed through air so it's much more car you know has much more carbon dioxide but it doesn't really matter because the the body has plenty of oxygen in the bloodstream already it's just about getting the red blood cells to release their bonds of the oxygen, yeah. which they don't do unless they need to. So it's all like your CO2 level determines how much oxygen is released okay. and not. If you, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it okay. does. And I know that as a diver myself, I, I, um, I suck up a lot of oxygen. So whoever my dive partner is, they kind of get pissed sometimes because... They have like loads of oxygen left in there. Yeah, I found that with Stephen as well. And it's probably because you have a really much bigger lung capacity than I do. And Stephen was the same. So, which will help. I'm going to blame that for how you were able to hold your breath longer. (laughs) But um, 
you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll suck it up. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah. cool. So now, one of the things that interests me about breath, and both of us do a lot of different, well, spiritual practices. I do lots of different ones. I think you're probably less of a, um, I don't know what the word is, but I go around, I do a lot of different ones. <laughs> but all of them seem to have breath as the central entry point to whatever practice, whether it's the Zen stuff I've studied or the Taoism stuff I've studied or um, the shamanism stuff I've studied, all of them, the first thing that you learn is how to control your breathing or to breathe properly. Well, one of the things that everyone will find is that as soon as someone starts talking about the breath and probably everyone listening to this will have found that as soon as someone starts talking about the breath, you start breathing funny. You know, like you can't relax your breath when some, you know, as the more you think about it and the more you think about trying to breathe right, the more awkwardly you feel like you breathe. Well, I feel like that that, I breathe, I feel like I breathe properly when I focus on the breath, but that might just be from the stuff that I've done prior to this. So when when you were saying, yeah, to count my breaths, then instead of breathing, like probably taking lots more breaths, yeah, I found I just ride the breath out and then up. So I think we did the, the your one minute thing. I did ten the first time and maybe eight the second. Yeah. But it was because we were thinking about breathing that I just let the breaths kind of rise and fall. Yeah, but I think that's probably because you have experience meditating. Yeah. So that you're able to kind of step back a little bit. Yeah. Whereas when you first do this, it's really hard to step back from your breath yeah, and, and just watch it and let your body kind of do what it wants to do. You feel like you have to breathe a certain way and, you know, eventually that goes. So, I mean, you know, yeah. that's something that comes. But I think um, the reason why I had us time how many breaths we take in a minute is that the rate of our breathing is the other really important factor for our stress response. So number one is where do we breathe? Do we breathe low down in the, in the lungs or do we breathe way up high in our chest? But number two is how quickly or slowly do we breathe? And, uh, so most people apparently breathe between 12 and 15 breaths per minute. Okay. And if you are, let's see, sorry, no, no, no. The average is eight to 12, but up to 15 is still kind of in the normal range. If you are really, really calm, then it's four to six, like right. meditative state, or you're zonking yourself out, basically, or yeah. you're asleep. Or you're just chilling. Or, or you're asleep. Yeah. Um, Lucas Rockwood has this, um, you know, his, his thing is the opposite of that, you know, zonking yourself out, sleeping, chilling, is coffee breath. So that's 20 plus breaths. That's like when you're running, when, when you you're stressed. But see, I drink coffee to relax, so my breath slows down. <laughs> that's my chilling time. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but he's not saying it because that coffee makes it. He's saying because coffee kind of speeds up your heart rate uh, in the okay. same way. Like that's his kind of analogy for the breath. It's like fast breathing. Ah. Um, so, and that's 20 plus. So, you know, as I kind of suspected for you, you're probably breathing pretty well and you're breathing slowly. Like eight to eight to 10 is good. Yeah. You know, that, that's a good like middle range when you're just out and about in your day doing your stuff. You don't want to be at four to six because four to six, you're like, 
Chilling. Totally chill. <laughs> and it will affect your energy levels. Yeah, you know? yeah no, absolutely. So, um, yeah. And, and it's interesting because when I first started my yoga teacher training course, I remember timing myself. And, I'm, and when I just did this, I was, six, I was seven breaths in a minute and the first time six. So about six or seven. Yeah, and we're, yeah. we're just relaxing, like sitting down. Yeah, we're so just, we're not really we're doing much. We're in Havana Cafe chilling. But I'm sure that we also did that sitting down. And I'm sure I was higher. I'm not sure I was like 12. Yeah. So it's interesting that in, to, for me to say in that time period of, you know, the 10 years I've been practicing as a trained like teacher, 10 more years on, that's the I'll change you, in how my breath is. With my breath. The time that I have the hardest with breathing is swimming. And oh, it's yeah, that's because so true. I hate swimming. <laughs> yeah. And so we were talking, you've been mentioning about stress. Like, I'm generally not a stressed person, but I must be more, I am more stressed in the water because I don't necessarily really dig on swimming. So I hardly get the breath breathing right. But you can't take natural breaths when you're breathing because it has to be in a certain rhythm that's dictated mm. by your movement. But so you can get it. I guess the good swimmers don't have. You have to get that rhythm right. Rhythm right. Whereas but, I want more. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to breathe yeah. outside of that rhythm. And that kind of messes yeah. me all up because yeah. I'm yeah. not yeah. getting into the sort of rhythm. Because yeah. I, want, I want air. But I mean, you know, like, as we were talking, deep divers were holding their breath for 11 minutes. So mm. holy crap. Which is why I like sky, uh, scuba diving because I have oxygen with me. Oh my God, I love scuba diving. <laughs> then I know. you can go underneath. But I think, you know, so I think that. There's two things with the kind of meditative and spiritual practices about breath. And not, and, and one is kind of the, well, there, or there's sort of three things, actually. One is the really physical down-to-earth. What is it doing to your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system? Like, mm. in other words, you can use the breath to chill you out, and that can be measured by your stress response and by the kind of lack of adrenaline and cortisol in your blood, you know? Yeah. Um, so... If you want to get into a calm state of mind, then breathing is a gateway to do that, and quite and quite effective and quite easy, like accessible for everybody. Yeah, because if you take deep breaths and and it relaxes you, calms you, calms you down. I do find that as a yoga teacher, I found that people don't know what taking a deep breath is, so that's kind of interesting. Okay. But basically, I, I feel like there's. There's two other kind of things. There's the meditative way that just uses the breath as a kind of way to stay present. So, it, you know, their, their method of using the breath is like, this is my stake in the ground so that when I wander off, I know, how to, I know where to come back to, you know? Yeah. So because the breath is kind of slowly but constantly moving and ever present, it's a way to stay in the present moment and not drift into the past and thoughts, into the future, into your imagination, whatever you do. Brings you and back just stay in present. Yeah, present. Yeah, present. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the yoga kind of thing of pranayama, and of course, like the Taoist idea of chi. So, isn't it Taoism that does chi? Yeah, and karate. Yeah. And Japanese thing. With yeah, exactly. Chi as well, so, yeah. so in yoga, it's prana, but both mm. of these ideas is that that kind of life force is comes in with the breath. So. Life in every breath. Then, yeah, exactly. So then, there's a kind of energetic aspect to the breath that isn't now, about carbon dioxide well, and oxygen. Which one of the spiritual practices, and it might be Taoism actually, where they, at least a part of the mythology of it, I suppose, is that we only have X amount of breaths. So part of the reason for 
slowing your breathing down so that you don't use up all your life yeah, force. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, in that end. And the reason I said deep breath, if you take a deep breath, like lots of air in your lungs, then it takes longer to let it out as opposed to lots of shallow breaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I read this passage real quick on breathing out of my Zen mind, beginner's mind? Because this is one of the things I think I use the sort of breathing from, which is what you're alluding to there a little bit from the point number one, which is about connecting with yourself again and sort of Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. so it says what we call I is just a swinging door which moves and when we inhale and when we exhale so when we when we practice in Zen our mind always follows our breathing so when we inhale the air comes into the inner world when we exhale the air goes out into the outer world the inner world is limitless and the outer world is also limitless we say inner world or outer world but actually there is just one world and in this limitless world, our throat act is like a swinging door. The air comes in, goes out, like someone passing through a swinging door. So if you think I breathe, the I is extra. There is no you to say I. And so what we call I is just a swinging door, which, and it's getting dark in here, moves when we inhale and when we exhale. Hmm. So if you're in your spiritual practice, <laughs> Yeah, there was a really good quote um, about how our attitude to to our natural breath is is the same as the kind of search for the self so that we're not grasping. So if in our natural breath, breath naturally just comes in, we don't hold on to it, and it just naturally, we, we naturally let it go. And if this was our approach in normal life in everyday life yeah then and we just accepted what came in and we didn't hold on to it when it was time to go that that's like the fundamentals of a lot of these spiritual practices isn't it just there was something i was trying i tried to google it and find it again but i couldn't find it before we came here and i can't remember what it's called so maybe you know maybe one of the listeners might know but i can't it has a specific name but essentially it is about the um, the rapid breathing, so you don't fill your lungs all the way out and you don't expel them all out. And there's some, and I can't remember what the practice is and what it. Is it Kapalabhati? No, no, no. I'll, I'll have mm. to find it and maybe we can link to it. But I didn't have time to find it before we came. I only thought about it just before Bella's I was going to come here. That doesn't ring a bell either. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll look I it up, know. but if somebody might know as well. But yes, it's just about not filling it up and not letting it all out, and you have more of a, a rapid breath, and it does something to your state. And and I know it's linked to something with cold, because a dude that is able to go out and sit in the cold with no like naked even and not be affected by the cold, yeah. he practices this kind well, of breathing. He'll, what he'll say is that like fire breathing. Do you mean? Is uh, that what it's called? No. Okay. Because um, <laughs> that it. will be in the context of accumulating that life force or that prana or that chi that comes okay. in with yeah. the breath. So in so pranayama, if for yoga, in normal yoga class, you do a lot of sort of the very basic breathing practices, which is like you breathe in and out of both nostrils. So you yeah. switch nostrils, alternative nostrils. Oh, that's breath. cool. Sorry to interrupt. But yes, maybe you're going to say what you're going to say, but it'll go away. Is it? Better to breathe through our nose or through our mouth, or depends. Oh, yeah, it depends. Hoff, Wim Hoff is the guy, the Ice Man in Inner Fire. That's the, that breathing. Okay, we'll have to look it, yeah. at that. Yeah, because um, basically this is like for a lot of the Tibetan kind of yogis as well as 
like you know they're able to just walk out in places and not be cold because right. yeah um but the the idea of real pranayama for yoga is about retaining the breath so how long can you hold the breath like yeah. hold the breath full and use certain other kind of what are called um locks uh and help your body absorb more of the prana slash chi into your body. Yeah. So that, when, when you get into more advanced pranayama practices, that's the purpose of it, okay. is to increase the prana or increase the life, force the life force in your body. Yeah. And it says here this Wim Hof method is similar to Tumo or inner heat meditation or Pranayama. Prana, yeah, pranayama. The yogic yeah. breathing, but something entirely different. So yeah, we'll have to link to it. And, okay. and he's got this thing called power breaths um, and a whole sort of exercises of of how to sort of go through this space. But um, had I remembered that, I would have looked it up beforehand. So yeah, we'll yeah. link to it in the sort of show notes. Interesting. I mean, what I would say from with my yoga hat on. The most important thing is for people to first learn how to breathe in a relaxed way. And Which is a what? A lot of us, you know, so breathing down into your lower lungs, imagining that empty glass that you fill your lungs from the bottom up. So when I and breathe, so you, should my belly come out as yeah. I'm? So yeah. For, so imagine it breathing. If I'm breathing in, then I'm breathing in from the belly. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it might feel like you're pressing the belly out at first for some people because they're so habituated to holding their abdominal muscles tense and tight and in that they don't even realize they're doing it anymore yeah. and so it will feel like you're pushing your belly out and it will feel like oh my god have no one look at me got my belly out baby yeah no yeah. so it you know it, it takes kind of time but um you know it, w one of the really great um, things that I read that you know we should all kind of keep in mind is that um, and this is from Donna Fari who's a big um, yogi and has a breathing book so her whole book is on breathing but she says respiratory muscles that draw air into the body are like any muscles they can become chronically tight and shortened they can be weakened and have poor tone they can move in a distorted way if they are being asked to take over tasks that they were not designed for. So for a lot of us, we're not actually breathing very much through our um, diaphragm because we're not allowing our belly to come out. And our belly has to come out a bit if we're going to open up the diaphragm. Mm. And instead, we're breathing way up in our chest. So all these secondary muscles that are meant to only come in when we have to run away from the saber-toothed tiger... And we need a lot more oxygen, so they go, so that suddenly they're the secondary muscles that kick in when we really need yeah. it. They're doing all the breathing, which is really inefficient, really tiring. They're not meant to be doing the breathing. So we need to kind of get back into the muscles that are supposed to be doing the work, and slowly it will come, you know. But I think yeah. we need to think about breathing as a kind of practice that we get better at. Because you can use your breath in a number of different ways. Isn't it? So I think that's relaxing. But if you're also needing quick energy, getting more yep. oxygen into exactly. your lungs through that way. Exactly. It? But I, I do think that before people do any breath manipulation, I love these dishes. <laughs> before you do any breath manipulation, meaning you breathe faster, you breathe slower, you yeah. turn up your nostrils, whatever. You have to learn how to breathe calmly first. Be calm. You know, you have to learn how to breathe. 
from your belly first. Mm. And, uh, and then, you know, you can take it up. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's the other thing that, um, I would say for everybody listening to that wants, if, if I were to say one kind of practice to do, because we don't really need usually to speed ourselves up. We have lots of adrenaline running through our bodies already. What we mostly need to do is learn how to calm ourselves back down. And what's really interesting is, although in yoga you have this alternative nostril breathing, and if you're familiar with that, then that's a really good practice to kind of calm things down again. What works really well is just lengthening your exhale. So if you work by counting and you count for three and you exhale for six, so you'll take a deeper breath as you inhale, yeah. and then you'll let that air out slow, slower as you exhale. And breathing through your nose is easier for this because you can control the exhale a bit better than yeah, through yeah. your mouth. But that actually has a physical impact on your heart rate. So as we breathe in, and I found this so amazing, as you breathe in, your heart rate naturally has a... Um, changing rhythm to it. It's not just a steady boom, 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 boom. Actually, it speeds up naturally as you inhale, and it slows down naturally yeah. as you exhale. Which means, if you spend more time exhaling because you're lengthening the exhale, you are going to slow your heart rate down. And so you can do that, and that will chill no, you I out. Dig it. Chill you out. So three to six, and if that becomes easy, then you do four. Breathe in for four, out for eight, or you know if that's too hard, then breathe in for three and out for four. Because we just have to start to lengthen, lengthen the exhale. Just, and yeah, okay, so a little breath controls. I'm just thinking we, as we were talking through that space, I was just thinking about some of the mindfulness practice or meditation practice, and the, this whole idea of focusing on the breath as a way to calm in the, a center in the mind or quieting mm-hmm. the mind down. Mm-hmm. And and so as to not work so hard consciously trying to clear your mind, then to focus on the the breath and the breathing. And, and counting is a really yeah. effective way of doing that, especially yeah. if you're starting out. So, um, you know, the thing is that the breath, the energy in our bodies, like how energetic we feel or not, and our breath and our mind all work together. All interconnected. So if we are super hyped up we're going to breathe in a certain way and our mind's going to be really busy or if our mind is really busy it's going to make our breath a certain way and it's really hard to intervene at the level of the mind sometimes yeah so the first the the easiest entry point (laughs) is is the the breath breath. the easiest entry point is the breath now yesterday i texted you last night about synchronizing your breath with someone and you said you (laughs) felt cross claustrophobic did you say you said something I felt like I was hyperventilating. Yeah. Just thinking about that. Because that's an interesting one. And I picked that up somewhere along the line in my esoteric training mm-hmm. about matching, like without the person knowing, but just pick someone and then match your breath to if their breathing people, to connect. If most people breathe like most people my classes breathe, they breathe a lot faster than I do. Yeah? Yeah. Ah. Which they get really annoyed about because I say, oh, hold it for two more breaths. And then it's like, two more of my breaths. Yeah, hold <laughs> it. But yes, yeah, so that's an interesting one. Try it sometime. Try just picking someone, either someone you know or someone randomly. You'll learn a lot about what the state of their kind of being is yeah, yeah. by feeling how And I think breathing. that was part of it. You, you, if you want to 
And somehow the rapport building or connection type of thing is the match, the sort of breathing is so you sort of subconsciously connect to that person and then they'll feel you and you'll feel them and that sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's another experiment to try. Life experiments. The Havana Cafe. I think um I think I need another coffee. And I yeah, think that sounds good. <laughs> I think we're about done breathing. Are we done breathing? Well, I, ho- I hope that uh, this is part of my little drop in the ocean of rehabilitating everyone's breathing. Because No, because uh, that's right. You're on this crusade to uh, rehabilitate people's it's the, breathing. It's, the, it's really, for me, it's about my little effort to kind of help people manage stress. Yeah. Because we've got the stress we have. Like, life is throwing us all kinds of stuff. And we're largely not in control of that. But we can manage how we respond to it. And I think that's the magic for me of yoga and the magic of really of breathing. So, you know, if you put yourself into a difficult or challenging physical posture and then you train yourself to breathe in a calmer way. And that, by calm, I don't mean slow. Hmm. I just mean that the edges of the breath don't feel tight. You know, there's like a, a, a quality of ease to the breath. And you can breathe really deeply yeah. and you can breathe quicker but there you can keep that quality of softness or easiness about the breath and if you can train yourself to do that it becomes it's like it's the opposite of resetting your breath in a bad way when stress stuff happens you naturally don't go into that stress breathing and make it worse yeah you naturally your body knows how to breathe well just making me think of all the sort of you know the sort of warrior and soldier stuff actually because breathing is quite important to us on that end especially with your um weapons and shooting and that whole breath mm. is important to marksmanship so having control of your breath is super important for yep. us so i guess yep. there's some of that i forgot all about that you just reminded me no. then that that was Parts of my Being whole training able to and breathe breathing. through stressful situations is literally the mm. key to managing stress. Yeah. Managing life, not just stress. Yeah. If you want to have a groovy life, learn that's to right. breathe properly. See how long we could talk about breathing? Yeah, that's me, man. All right. Okay. Let's go have some more coffee. Let's do it. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um... If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.